my friends, the stock market is way down. But don't cry for America's mega-billionaires. A record share of the nation's wealth is still in their hands. They're also paying a lower tax rate than average Americans. They're justifying their wealth and warding off tax increases by using three myths. All three are utter rubbish. The first is trickle-down economics. They and their apologists claim that their wealth trickles down to everybody else as they invest it and create jobs. Really? For 40 years now, almost nothing has trickled down. Adjusted for inflation, the median wage today is barely higher than it was four decades ago. Trump gave a giant tax cut to the wealthiest Americans, promising it would generate $4,000 of increased income for everybody else. Did you receive it? In reality, the super wealthy don't create jobs or raise wages. Jobs are created when average working people earn enough money to buy all the goods and services they produce, forcing companies to hire more people and pay them higher wages. Secondly, they say it's just the free market. They claim they're merely being rewarded for creating what people want. They claim that the wages of other Americans have stagnated because most Americans are worth less in the free market now that new technologies and globalization have made their jobs redundant. Well, that's also baloney. No other advanced nation has nearly the degree of inequality found in the United States. Yet all these nations have been exposed to the same forces of globalization and technological change. In reality, the super wealthy have rigged the so-called free market in America for their own benefit. Billionaires' campaign contributions have soared from a relatively modest $31 million dollars in the 2010 elections to $1.2 billion in the most recent presidential cycle, a nearly 40-fold increase. And what have they got for their money? Tax cuts, freedom, freedom to bash unions and monopolize markets, and government bailouts. Their pockets have been further lined by privatization and deregulation. Their third argument is that they are well, superior human beings. They portray themselves as rugged individuals who did it on their own and therefore deserve their billions. Well, that's bupkis too. Six of the ten wealthiest Americans alive today are heirs to fortunes that were passed on to them. Others have had wealthy parents. Jeff Bezos' garage-based start was funded by a quarter-million-dollar investment from his parents. Bill Gates's mother used her business connections to help land a software deal with IBM that made Microsoft. Elon Musk came from a family that owned an emerald mine in Zambia. By the way, when I mentioned this last fact in a recent video, Elon went nuts, tweeting that you both an idiot and a liar. Hmm. Did I touch a nerve, Elon? Don't fall for these three myths. Trickle-down economics is a cruel joke. The so-called free market has been distorted by huge campaign contributions from the older rich 
Don't lionize the ultra-rich as superior self-made human beings who deserved their billions. They were lucky and had connections. In reality, there is no justification for today's extraordinary concentration of wealth at the very top. It is distorting our politics, rigging our markets, and granting unprecedented power to a handful of people. The last time America faced anything comparable was at the start of the 20th century. In 1910, former President Theodore Roosevelt warned that, quote, a small class of enormously wealthy and economically powerful men whose chief object is to hold and increase their power could destroy American democracy. Roosevelt's answer was to tax wealth. The estate tax was enacted in 1916 and the capital gains tax in 1922. But since then, both have eroded. As the rich have accumulated greater wealth, they've also amassed more political power and have used that power to reduce their taxes. Years later, Franklin D. Roosevelt saw the 1929 crash not only as a financial crisis, but as an occasion to renegotiate the relationship between capitalism and democracy. Accepting renomination in 1936, he spoke of the need to redeem American democracy from the despotism of concentrated economic power. FDR gave workers the power to organize into labor unions, the 40-hour work week with time and a half for overtime, social security, unemployment insurance, and workers' compensation for injuries. He again raised taxes on the top. But since then, these reforms have also eroded. The two Roosevelts understood something about the American economy and America's super-rich that's now re-emerged even more extreme and more dangerous. We must understand it too and act.